What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. What's up, guys? This episode of the podcast was super informative with a really great guest. We chatted about absolutely priceless tips for getting started with your first house hack or investment property, getting that one yes that you need, the extraordinary power of networking, and so much more. There is a ton of value, especially for those just getting started in this episode, and I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 23 of the Creating Wealth Podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of interviewing Forrest Lenhoff, a phenomenal real estate investor in the Lowell area and owner of Lenhoff Property Management. What's going on, Forrest? I'm extremely excited to have you on, man. How's everything going? What is new? Hey, how's it going, Kyle? Um, you know, things have been going good. Uh, we are busy as always over here. Um, let's see, what's new? Um, you know, I, I just stabilized uh, my most recent purchase, uh, six family that I bought in Lowell uh, back in December. Um, so that would be what's new. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready for, you know, see what's next on that front. That's great, man. That's, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, so, so pretty much, you know, kind of jump right into things. Um, you know, what's kind of like your real estate story, uh, you know, like your backstory and, you know, what kind of got you into it and, um, so, you know, I don't know, I guess what got me into it was, um, when I was, let's see, when I was like 21, I got pre-approved to buy a house and, uh, you know, I, at this point I'd been like looking at multifamily as a possibility, um, more so for the fact that you can house hack a multifamily and live for free. Um, and I, I got pre-approved for a mortgage and it was like $200,000 and I, you know, I live North of Boston. So that basically <laughs> means you can't buy anything. Yep. Um, and so when I learned that you could, you know, you could expand your buying power um, by owner occupying a multifamily, uh, all of a sudden, you know, since I couldn't afford a single family, my two options of moving out of my parents' house were either move into an apartment in a multifamily or buy the multifamily and live in the apartment still. So like the living situation was the same one I'd be renting and one I'd own the whole building and live for free. That's awesome, man. That's, that's a beautiful decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what actually kind of like, like, how did you find out about that for the first time? I guess, like, did you just kind of like see buildings around and stuff? Or did you kind of like hear about, um, you know, like the principle of house hacking from somebody? Or how'd you kind of find out about it? Um, so I mean, <laughs> I had like done a bunch of research on my own, like, you know, I, just just searching the web and all that and um you know so i had like some idea in my head but really it was a a real estate agent that i had spoken with um you know well before i was ready to make my first purchase uh, who actually ended up helping me make my first purchase uh jessica tomlinson um from haverhill 
um, you know, she was a, a great help to me. Um, and, uh, you know, she helped me make my first purchase and, uh, she taught me a lot about multifamily and, you know, the, the, as, as soon as I like had the basic idea of it explained to me, um, you know, I, I really ran with that and, um, you know, to the point where it was like, you know, a little bit of obsessive, but, um, you know, being able to obsess about good productive things is, is, uh, turned out well for me. Always, man. It, I definitely, uh, see where you're coming from. It does turn into, you know, kind of an addiction. <laughs> it's uh, totally a, a very different world. And you know, all it takes is just one person, you know, to kind of open up your mind and then everything just goes kaboom and, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, what is kind of your drive and your vision for the long term? You know, I know, you know, with yourself as an investor and, um, you know, Lenhoff property management as well. Um, yeah. You know, what's kind of your, your big fire? Um, so I don't know. I, I hear, you know, I don't know. I, I hear a lot of people talk about like, oh, I want to, um, I want to build like an income stream so that I never have to work again. And, you know, although that sounds nice and might work for some people, like I'd get pretty bored. Um, so my, my vision for the long term is to basically be able to, to, to be my own boss. I, I want to be, be my own boss coupled with being able to provide for my family uh, and myself and, you know, being able to do something that I love is invaluable to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, you know, a super big reason and, and definitely, you know, a very large possibility, uh, you know, to accomplish that's, that's phenomenal. Um, would you mind telling the story of kind of how you acquired your first property and like, you know, like any big lessons and stuff that, that came from it? Yeah, sure. So I, um, my first property was a four family in Lowell. Um, it's owner, it was owner occupied. Um, and basically I had been trying to purchase a multifamily either in Haverhill, uh, really in Haverhill. I'd been looking at a bunch of different multifamily. Um, I'd kind of like focused in on that. Um, and I'd put in, uh, like probably four different offers on properties and kept getting turned down, you know, beat out by cash buyers. Uh, this was in, um, 20, uh, let's see, 2019. So, um, you know, things were, you know, things were pretty, the market's been hot since then, since before then. Um, and I was getting beat out by cash buyers and, um, I was working in Lowell at the time. I, you know, I still work and live in Lowell. Um, but I had seen a property pop up on Zillow. Um, it was the four family that I ended up purchasing and, you know, day one, I saw it like a couple hours after it was listed, drove by after work. Um, and I like, you know, called my agent about it right away. I was like, I saw this property. It popped up on Zillow. Like I want to place, I want to, you know, I want to, schedule a showing and potentially place an offer like this would be perfect. Um, you know, it was definitely stretching my budget a little bit. Um, but basically, you know, I, I found it, I, I'd been watching the market like all day, like morning, lunch break and afternoon. 
Um, so I saw it right when it showed up, but you know, I was the first person to request a showing. Um, I was one of the first people to get in there and I know I was the first one to make an offer on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I offered a little bit over asking, uh, I think it was on the market for, it was on market for 409, I think it was. And I offered 415 and, um, you know, I got it. Um, so I, it was, it's a four family. It had four one bedroom apartments. There were all but one were vacant. Um, and the person who lived in the occupied unit, uh, was moving out on sale. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I bought the place. It needed some work, uh, nothing crazy. I had like no money left because I used it all as a down payment. Um, and yeah, I, I had to like buy down the mortgage amount because it the rent the rents appraised a little bit lower than we had calculated. So like my buying power got shrunk. Uh, so I was like really uh, really broke when I <laughs> when I bought the first place. Um, but you know, I the units appraised for rent at eight hundred dollars a month on the appraisal, and I was like, that guy's crazy. Like he probably doesn't know the market of Lowell because I've been you know I've been watching rental listings for the last, you know, year and you can't get anything for that in Lowell. Um, so yeah, I was basically just, you know, I, I ended up getting, you know, like 1200 bucks a month for rent in each of the units, even though they appraised at eight. Um, that's been like a very common theme with my purchases is that they appraise at one value and then I fix them and end up getting like, 30 to 40% more than they appraised at. Um, like, I mean, I've, I don't know, I've, I've been good at, you know, I'm good at turning around units, but like also for some reason, I feel like I just keep getting stuck with appraisers who have no clue about the rental market, <laughs> um, which is like totally fine, but it's just like some of them leave you scratching your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's uh. That's definitely very interesting, you know, that, um, especially, you know, kind of like going back to, you know, kind of the beginning, um, you know, about just moving like super fast, uh, you know, like right when you all the, saw the property to go in to see it and then putting it over and uh, putting in an offer over asking, you know, especially at that time, you know, never mind now, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, um, that's crazy, man. Would you say yeah. that like speed kind of played a big part of like that first property or like yeah, did it just kind of work out? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was, I, I was, you know, I was, I was the first, I was the first with a bunch of, a bunch of the key things, including yeah. making an offer. And, um, you know, I acted fast. I was, I'd done my research ahead of time. I was ready to go. Um, you know, I'd been pre-approved. I'd made multiple offers previous to it. Like I was ready, mm -hmm. um, was like probably the most important thing. Um, so I, you know, I was ready. I acted fast and, you know, the whole thing was pretty fast. Like I, you know, I, I bought it, I closed relatively quickly. Um, and then I renovated all the units myself working, you know, 80 hours a week between that and my regular job. And, you know, I got tenants in right away and I, I ended up cash out refinancing that property four months later. So, That's beautiful, man. You yeah. definitely can't beat that. <laughs> wow. So when it comes to cash out refinancing, right? How, um, 
I guess, how did that kind of work in your experience? You know, like you bought the property, uh, you know, you put a ton of work and sweat equity into it. And then like all of a sudden, you know, you have a property that's got a lot more, um, you know, equity than it did before. Now, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here. So, uh, so um, <laughs> you know, how did that work out? Like, uh, I mean, for starters, I cash out refinanced four months later. And I'll talk about that because I don't even, I don't know, a lot of people that I've heard ask questions about that or, or have heard me talk about that have asked, oh, how did you find someone who was willing to do it four months later? Because, you know, the standard is like six months to a year of seasoning before the a bank will cash out refinance. A lot, mm -hmm. a lot of times you'll hear, oh, well, we can refinance on the purchase price, but not the appraised value because it's so soon. And, you know, the answer to that is I called 10 banks and they all said no to me. And I called an 11th and found somebody who would say yes. So, um, you know, that was one lesson that I was taught like early on in real estate is that everything's negotiable. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, just because you got 10 no's doesn't mean that you won't get a yes if you keep asking. Um, so like, you know, I, I don't, I, if, if I've got like my mind set to something like on that front, like I'll keep going until I find somebody who will work with me on, on something the way I need. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a, a really incredible um, thing. I'm starting to kind of see that myself a little bit, you know, just from, sending out like letters and stuff like that. Like you're going to get a ton of no's and kind of whatever that you want to do. But if you want it bad enough, you're going to keep pushing and it's going to be worth your while. You know, eventually you're going to get to that. All you need is one. Yes. Most yep. of the time, you know, and that's, that's a, a super important thing, you know, to just kind of have that, um, you know, that patience and that persistence to, to just keep going until you get one. Yeah. That's uh that's awesome. That's such an incredible um, lesson. Ooh, um, so this one is this question as well kind of gets into, you know, you could totally answer like as an investor, um, you know, as a, a property manager, both. It's up to you. <laughs> um, what do you consider to be the biggest variable to expand your portfolio or your clientele? Um, so I can answer both of those questions with the same answer. Mm -hmm. uh, between portfolio and clientele um, is networking. Um, network is everything uh, as far as I'm concerned in real estate. Um, you can run as many ads as you want, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, like a uh, word of mouth referral is going to A, be the cheapest form of advertising, <laughs> but B, like I can't, you know, I can't talk enough for like how much the network of people that I've surrounded myself with have helped me. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, in terms of growing, in terms of like growing the portfolio, like anybody can, anybody can look on Zillow or any of the big name websites and, or, you know, sign up for a mailing list and like an email list from a realtor and receive listings for properties my first one was on MLS, but like the others since then haven't been. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't good deals on MLS. It just is that like, I happen to have purchased off MLS since then. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, like it was directly through the connections that I made 
um, at, you know, investment meetups and um, like with other investors, basically. Um, and then, you know, in terms of clientele, like definitely where management's concerned, like my biggest, um, like the way I've been able to grow with management is a hundred percent through word of mouth. Um, mm -hmm. I've actually, I mean, I've, I've like announced on my Facebook page, but like we haven't ran any ads or anything. Um, so we're, you know, we're, it, we're a small family owned company. Um, it's my wife, Taylor and I uh, run the management business. Um, and so, you know, like we're, we're, we're growing at a rate that's, you know, comfortable for us uh, through word of mouth alone. And like, there's really no reason to do anything other than that, you know, the best relationships are formed through that way anyways, in my opinion. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the power of networking is literally just insane. You know, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like the amount of stuff that um, you can learn and like doors that open up, you know, as well to kind of help other people out as well. And then, you know, connect other people to, you know, other people in your sphere and, you know, just be able to help out tons of people and, everybody's happy and it, it's it's really just an insane thing man you know like once you kind of get out there like for the first time and and kind of meet even like just that first person yeah. um you know it's the sky is totally the limit uh it's it's crazy you know mm -hmm. especially like um you know i remember when i was considering going to my first meetup a couple of years ago I wasn't really sure how people were going to look at me, like not having any properties or anything. And like, you know, I thought I was just going to kind of be there. You know what I mean? And uh, people actually like want to talk to you if you have an interest, you know, and, and just kind of like, you know, meet you and and, you know, kind of shoot the breeze and help each other out and everything. And it's like you don't have to have a lot of, you know, like crazy properties and stuff like that, you know, to have conversations with people, you know, it's especially in you know, real estate investing a lot, uh, in particular, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know a lot better than I do. Um, for the most part, I mean, people are, are pretty apt to helping each other out and stuff. And it's, uh, it's pretty mind blowing, you know, at kind of whatever stage in the game that you're at. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, that kind of follow it, that can like expand into like, you know, your entire life, but like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, is it, as it relates to, um, you know, management as well. I have friends that have, have different businesses, whether they be plumbing, carpentry, um, roofing, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm an electrician. Um, so like to be able to refer other people out like that, like, you know, people don't forget about that stuff. You know, pe people are like, much more likely to help you when you help them. So mm -hmm. it, it just kind of comes full circle, uh, you know, regardless of what you're doing. And, you know, they, they, they remember when you're not willing to help them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I totally feel like, uh, you know, the concept of karma is, is totally a real thing. You know, like if you just go out wanting to help people and like, you know, have really genuine, um, what's the word? uh connections yeah like actually like going out to to make like real genuine connections and and help people um you know just kind of like out of the kindness of your heart and like wanting to like see other people succeed you know and as well as on the other hand you know if people 
aren't really in that type of direction and are just kind of going for I guess more of a self-centered kind of thing then I feel like eventually like either way you know people are going to find out you know what kind of person you are and stuff like that and yeah real estate's a small world (laughs) it is (laughs) it really is (laughs) yep yeah that's incredible though you know I, I mean the power of people is is really crazy you know especially for you know, steadily growing and stuff with the company and, you know, not having done any like sponsored advertising or anything yet, mm-hmm. you know, just from, um, yeah, like just the word of mouth and it's crazy, the power yeah. of it. Uh, moving on to our next question, man. Um, what is the most important lesson that you have learned over your career? um so far (laughs) important lesson i've learned over your career um just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it Mm -hmm. uh this is like a lesson that i learned when i renovated the first four family that i bought um granted i was constrained by finances and didn't have much of another choice um but just in general like I try and focus on the things that I'm really good at and have people who are really good at the other things take care of the other things. Um, You know, I like being in the trades originally, like I'm an electrician, you know, I used, you know, I, I used to pour concrete, like I did carpentry for a while. So like, I know enough to get a lot of stuff done, but I don't know enough about stuff other than electrical to do it uh as well as it should be done i guess is the right is the way i'm trying to say it um you know i I, like i i rely on on my network of contractors now um to to get things done you know obviously having a management company changes things as well um you know it's no longer just working on your own property your own house um but just in general you know like uh, I try and focus my time where it is most productive um, and in turn, specifically in real estate is most lucrative and anything else that, you know, I, I try and um, pass off to the people that are best at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a, a really, really good point, man. Um, you know, just kind of like being an expert at time management and just because, you know, like you said, just because you can do certain things doesn't mean that's, you know, where your time, which is extremely valuable is, is best well spent. You know, it it might be like a lot cheaper to, you know, sub out, um, you know, like different aspects of renovations and stuff, um, you know, to have it get done like more conveniently and, and maybe a little bit better, you know, just because of people doing it like all the time, Mm -hmm. um, you know, while you're looking for your next property or doing other stuff and, yeah, that's, that's definitely so true. <laughs> yeah. If it's your first try, try and do a lot of the stuff. <laughs> like it, it is good to like have at least tried it once and yeah. to, or at least have an idea of what's going on before you just pay somebody to blindly do it. And like, if you can have that little bit more understanding, like that's also beneficial, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, you know, time management and, and delegation is, uh, is something that's been beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, can't wait to kind of learn quite a bit, you know, from from getting, kind of getting into the first property and stuff and just getting a lot more well-rounded, you know, figuring out how to hang drywall and, you know, do all this fun stuff. And, 
Um, I'm definitely really glad you said that, you know, just to kind of like start to try to do, you know, a little bit of everything and kind of get like a taste for different uh, like parts of the rhino and construction and stuff and, you know, just kind of feel it out. And um, yeah, you know, just to kind of get on the same page, um, you know, when it comes to doing different things and like the stages that things have to go through and that's awesome. Um, let's see here. Forrest, how do you define wealth? Um, I don't know. That, that's a tricky question, Kyle. Um, <laughs> I mean, wealth from a, like a real estate perspective is, you know, is like, you know, we're, we're talking about like net worth. We're talking about like cash flow and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know, there's uh, like, I'm in, I'm interested in, in more than just like wealth. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested in like quality time with, with the people that I love. And like, that's why I do this. Um, you know, like that's what makes, you know, the 80 hour weeks early on and still currently like, that's what, <laughs> makes, that's what makes them worth it. Cause I know that like in the future, like, because I, I, I worked so hard, early on, like I can, you know, I can benefit me tenfold later on. Um, and so, you know, how do you define wealth? Like, you know, I, I, I define wealth by, you know, by, by growing my net worth, you know, it's, 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 you know, at the end of the day, like real estate is about money. Um, but it can also be about, you know, things that have more meaning than money, like helping people and, um, and, you know, being able to, to create time to spend with your family and being able to, to, you know, be happy with what you're doing. Um, so mm -hmm. that answers your question exactly, but that... <laughs> no, it, it definitely does. It, that question is usually a curveball for people because it's, it turns out to be like a super deep question. And that's actually kind of the reason I threw it in there is because it's it's a lot different than the other ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely couldn't agree more, you know, about obviously, you know, there is the money and the financial aspect. But along with freeing up your time, you know, to be able to be spent, you know, with family and friends and and actually helping people. And it's just it's so much bigger than, um, you know, just the money and just the. I guess like just the abundance, like all around, you know, of just kind of getting more time and even like enjoying what you do as well, you know, instead of just kind of being stuck at, you know, a job uh, that you might not like so much. And um, yeah, you know, just kind of having the freedom to do what you choose to do and, and not be strapped down by money. It's, you know, life is too short. Um, what are the most effective resources that have helped you the most far on your journey? I know, you know, we kind of talked about the networking and stuff quite a bit. I know that's definitely a really big one. Yeah. So, I mean, again, definitely <laughs> network, um, but the most effective resource, so the most effective network other, or the most, <laughs> the most effective resource <laughs> other than network for me, which is like, it, again, I can't stress it enough. Like learning from other people and being able to ask other people questions and get feedback um is like 
invaluable. Um, but other than that, you know, I read a bunch of books. We can talk about that on a later question, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, that one's usually kind of a curveball too. It, 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 it's hard. I mean, I don't know. Like it, yeah. it's almost, uh, you know, my, my next one that I'll mention is like, you know, through like, like the forums, like, you know, Facebook groups and bigger pockets and all that stuff. Like it, again, that like kind of falls under networking. Um, so I don't know. I, I like, don't, I don't even have an answer for that other than networking. <laughs> like if you're not networking, like, you need to be networking and like, I, I don't know, like I've, I've had people ask, you know, ask me like, Oh, like, where are you finding? Like, how are you able to find like this off market deal? Like there, you know, sometimes I'll get, you know, oftentimes I'll get deals that I'm not interested in. Like I, so I, I have, I have three properties, 14 units. And so like, it's a lot, but it's not anything crazy and it's not nothing like I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Like I'm still doing like one thing at a time. Um, like I have gaps in between my projects. Like I'm not, but not by any means taking every deal that comes my way. Yeah. Um, so like I pass a lot of that on to other people. Um, and like, I had somebody ask me like, you know, I sent him probably like four off market deals that week and he, well, he was looking for a new property and he's like, how are you finding these? And it's like, I just talked to people like how, <laughs> how many and I asked him and he's like, Oh, I don't know. He, I asked him like, how many new people have you talked to this week in real estate? And he's like, none. It's like, okay, well I've talked to minimum like one person every day the past week that I hadn't talked to before. And like, that's where the network is. Like, that's like, that's what I mean by networking. Like, yes. Is it good to have somebody who's got, you know, 50, a hundred, a thousand units that you can talk to about different things but that's still like only one like way of seeing things and it's from that person's point of view like being able to listen to like a dozen people's way of doing things because they're all going to be different and being able to like see which one makes sense for you and works for you like that's what's been um that's what's like been beneficial to me yeah that's that's absolutely brilliant man yeah, you know, I feel like that's super important, you know, just to kind of reach out to as many people as you can, uh, especially investors, you know, because like you said, I mean, everybody's got a different perspective. Everybody's got completely different stories and completely different ways of looking at things. And then you can kind of, you know, collect like things from each person that like you might actually really like and be able to apply to your strategy. You know, obviously not everything you will, but you know, just to kind of see like what's working for others and how they're doing things and like, you know, what their strategies are and just to be able to, um, you know, I guess kind of like pick their strategies, I guess you could say. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, just kind of see what works for you and it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, and then, you know, going right back to that point of talking to at least one person, you don't know a day, you know, the power of that is like, it's insane. You know, I mean, that could be like, you know, 365 people a year just for talking to one person, you know, for a little bit or like just sending them a DM or something and being like, oh, you know, hey, like my name's Forrest. You know, I'd love to talk or something. You know, I'd love to hear your story. And, uh, you know, just reaching out to people is it's incredible, you know, because the majority of people will actually like want to have a chat with you and stuff. And, you know, you never know what can result from that.
you know, like there were a couple people on Instagram actually, you know, that they just sent them DMs and stuff and, you know, wanted to have a chat if they were available and hear their story and, you know, kind of shoot the breeze. And they turn out to be like really good friends, you know, and like you would have never knew that if you never reached out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it really is incredible, you know, yeah. and like like whoever it is, too. You know what I mean? Like they could be in this air in this area. They could be, you know, out of state somewhere. They could be doing like flips. They could be doing buy and holds like, you know, Airbnbs and everything like just like every single person's strategy is different. But I mean, there are going to be some things that like a lot of people tend to have and to be able to, to take certain things from, I guess, people that are doing great things and kind of see what works, you know, just to kind of study the greats, I guess, and, you know, have some fun and make some friends while doing it. You know, the doors that can open up are like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's that's definitely a really big one. And even like, you know, just from like investors and stuff, um, you know, just for meeting the people that you need to for your, uh, your circle, you know, for contractors and stuff, like it doesn't hurt to reach out to contractors and, you know, just ask if they have a little bit for a phone call and then, you know, ask them a couple of questions, get to know them a little bit. And who knows, you might use them for the next project or something, <laughs> you know, and yeah. like everybody could be happy, you know, like you guys could hit it off. Like you guys could be friends, like every, everything could be all right. If you can get a contractor to answer your answer your phone call, that's the first trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and especially um, I don't, I'm not sure how much you use uh, LinkedIn for us, but I noticed within the past like probably six months, like how powerful LinkedIn LinkedIn is for networking, mm-hmm. um, and like the filters they have, and like you can literally search for people by area and like by occupation and stuff. You're like, oh, you know, you need um, like a carpenter all right, here's Carpenter in, you know, greater Boston. A ton of people show up, connect yeah. with all of them, send the messages. You never know. Oh, yeah. You know, even like investors too, you know, like we were just talking about. Um, you, you could type in like real estate investor in like Wisconsin, you know, if that's like an out-of-state area that you were looking at or something. And mm-hmm. it's like the power of it is crazy and it, it's free, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. I'll, just to, I'll, have, I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, LinkedIn is is super crazy, man. That's I never really realized how powerful it was until like relatively recently. Um, and that's you know not paying for any of the memberships or anything. That's mm-hmm. just like the free usage. Uh, it's it's crazy. Cool. Um, all right. To our next question, uh, what is something that you thought about business networking or wealth creation that changed as you went along? Um, yeah, I, this, I'm, I'm not sure how to answer this one. I, I like, look, I did, I did look at these ahead of time. I just, I just didn't come up with an answer to this one yet. Um, That's okay, man. Honestly, it's, uh, I like to throw in some, some yeah. deep ones in there. I mean, something you thought about business now. So pretty much something that like you thought was a certain way, I guess, you know, kind of at the beginning of your journey yeah. versus like, I mean, now. um, I mean, networking. (laughs) (laughs) It's a riot, man. Um, Okay. Uh, What is a common myth about building a portfolio that you would like to debunk? All right. Common myth about building a portfolio that I'd like to debunk is that you need to uh, like have a ton of money or be making a ton of money already to 
uh, get into real estate investing. Um, mm-hmm. I was making like $18 an hour, I think, when I bought my first multifamily, um, which like, you know, obviously like it's not nothing, but it's not necessarily like oh, wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> um, like, So if you make $18 an hour now, like, good, that's like a good start. Like, then you look at like, you know, you look at your spending and like, friggin' just cut everything out and just save and like work extra. Like I was working, um, I mean, I, again, I like, I was working like 80 hours a week before I bought my first place because I was, uh, you know, like I was doing, I was working for my employer and I was working afterwards for like other customers that were my own yep. and like doing a couple of jobs on the weekend, like every weekend, like I was working like seven days a week, like, you know, in some nights for uh, a year or so, um, may, you know, maybe two years before that, before I made my first purchase and like, um, you know, I understand that that's like a luxury as a, at the time, like single person with no kids who lived at his parents' house. Like I, I see that there was like, I had a lot of things going for me and my, (laughs) the ability that I was able to do that, but like, it doesn't have to happen tomorrow is, is that, you know, the answer is like, you know, building a portfolio, it doesn't, you know, the question shouldn't be, you know, for, for the average person, the question shouldn't be like, how do I, buy an apartment building it should be like how do i save up ten thousand dollars and then you've done that you've shown the ability to save that and now it's like okay so rinse and repeat until you've got enough um you know for a down payment and you know the next uh like the next part of that is like you don't need to save up a hundred thousand dollars like that's the best part like educate yourself on what like loan programs are out there because there are are a lot of them and there's cities that'll give you money for like down payment assistance and closing costs um you know like fha loans which let you put three and a half percent down like you know what is that three and a half percent down on like a four hundred thousand dollar purchase is like 14 grand so you know is it going to be tricky to buy that you know to buy a multifamily for 400 grand with you know with 14,000 down like yeah it's probably going to be a little bit tricky but like it's not impossible mm-hmm. um so you know save up like the the best like the the best piece of advice is like you know for starters uh i totally skipped over this one like okay. buy a multifamily like a three or a four family if you can find it and house hack it that's the piece of advice. But like, and to get to that point, like save up your money, like you don't have to be rich. Um, like, you know, just, just work hard. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't agree more for us that, um, that's so, so true, you know, like just to kind of like get as much education as you can and, you know, just really like boil it down. Um, you know, it, it's not, it's definitely not impossible. Um, you know, just to, uh, 
you know, kind of get that first property under contract and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I just got off track. <laughs> you, you, throw, you throw is on my end. So I missed like half of that anyways. <laughs> um, you know, we, we were on question nine though, about new investors wanting to start. Yeah. And um, you know, like the, you know, I talked about like wanting, you know, how, how do you start like, that's how I started. That's how I would suggest everybody starts. Yep. Um, and, you know, on the other side of that question was, and manage their rental portfolio. Um, so I'll talk about management for a minute. Um, you know, the man, I, I self-managed, I've self-managed from the beginning. Um, I think you should self-manage at least your first for a year. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you can call me and I'll happily take care of it for you. Like, <laughs> call Forrest, guys. <laughs> I really think I really think you should should at minimum manage the the property that you live in. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know what it takes. Um, so you know what you're paying for um when you hire a property manager. Um, so that when you hire a property manager and something's something's not quite right, like you can say, Hey, this isn't quite right. Yeah. Like, I need you to do that differently, or like I need somebody else. Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, once you start, like the second step is management, and and you know, if you do it, if you do it for a year or whatever, and you decide like I don't want to deal with that, like that's fine. Like most people don't. That's where I come in. Like that's what my service is. Is that you know we get to, you you get to have a management, you, you get to have me take care of basically everything, you know, like you, you are a property owner and you receive a check once a month with an expense statement. Um, and if any major issues come up, like I can bring them to your attention and like, we can deal with it from there, but like, it takes the day to day out of, you know, owning property, which, you know, for some people, like, for some people just don't want the headache. Some people don't have the time for it. Like there are dozens of different reasons why you, you would hire a property manager. Um, you know, you don't know who to call when, when, when there's a leaky pipe, you know, you can't get a plumber to show up. You can't get an electrician to show up or like two of the biggest problems. Like I hear from property owners, whether it's rental or not, is like, they can't even get people to show up. Um, but like, you know, that's where some of my strengths are is like my network of tradesmen and contractors um, is very strong. So, you know, I, I can, I can get the people to show up and, you know, like, that's like the biggest part. Like if you can't get anybody to show up, you can't get anything done. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, aside from that, you know, like my wife and I like dealing with tenants. Um, you know, obviously we don't, there, obviously there are situations where it's like uncomfortable or like, you know, not a good conversation to be had, but at the end of the day, like you have an opportunity as a property owner and as a landlord or a property manager to help a lot of people, um, you know, and, and, you know, people realize when you're trying to help them and when you're trying to screw them and oftentimes act accordingly. And, and so, you know, if you can, it, it, it's, it's a tricky juggling act, but if you can manage to make both the property owners happy and your tenants happy, like it makes your job very easy or at least a lot easier. Um, and, you know, that is like a tricky juggling act to keep all parties happy. Um, and it definitely doesn't always work out that way, but, um, but yeah, 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can imagine that 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 can definitely be difficult um, sometimes. But yeah, I I really think, um, you know, what you mentioned earlier about like self-managing at least your first property for, you know, at least like a year, um, you know, could be extremely valuable, um, you know, just to kind of like get a feel for like dealing with tenants and like dealing with issues as they come up and like how to fix things and like getting that, I guess, taste of, of real estate investing instead or before, like just kind of subbing it out, you know, for whatever reason that may be, you know, like you said, whether it's, you know, they don't want to deal with it or, you know, for some that could be scaling, you know, they can't really have their attention, you know, focused on one property at a time, you know, so they hire a property manager like yourself. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I feel like that's definitely something really big is to at least self-manage it for a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously everybody's situation is going to be different, but that's definitely a really good idea. <laughs> um, so our next question here. So we did that one. Yeah, I, I jumped back a question, didn't I? <laughs> I, jumped, I jumped back to touch on question nine again. We had already moved on. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's phenomenal, man. That's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh, how about this one? Do you read? And what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? This could be like podcasts or yeah. you know whatever All as right. well. So, do I read? Honestly, like, I wish I could tell you, like, yes, I read all the time. I don't. <laughs> um, I'm going to, like, reach back to, like, the books that I was reading at, at the beginning and, uh, and, you know, like, tell you about those. Um, you know, I, I keep seeing people posting, like, oh, like, I'm going to be, I think you're doing, like, a book, you're doing, like, a reading, like, list, right? Like, you're yeah. posting all the books, <laughs> like, like, <Yep>. like <laughs> I, I wish I made the time to do that, but I just, that's not something that I've been, I read a book called, um, what's it, uh, I have it right in front of me. I, I read a book called uh, the section eight Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was referred to me by another investor. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like, I had, I was just about to buy a property that had section eight tenants placed. Um, and I was like still learning about section eight and housing assistance and all that. And, um, like I read through the book and it basically like really broke down like section eight tenants. Um, you know, I love my section eight tenants. Um, I've, I have, you know, more than half of my tenants are section eight right now. Um, I've had a lot of luck with them, you know, I, um, I don't know if, if you've, if you've read, if you've read through any forum anywhere on the topic of section eight, you've seen both sides of it. One side says, you know, there, you know, it's, it's great. It's guaranteed rent. Like, and the other side says, oh, they're awful. They did this, they did that. And it's like, you know, it kills me to, it kills me to read through them the, you know, those posts. Cause like from my experience, the way a person treats the apartment that they live in is completely independent from where the money comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some people like to think that working harder, like people who work hard for their money will treat the place they live better. But I 
can tell you in my experience, that's not been the case. <laughs> you know, the way I look at it, like with section eight is that, you know, my section eight tenants are, you know, they're families who need a place to live and they have a source of income, which is more secure than, than, you know, somebody's job. And, you know, I, I, they're just like any other tenant, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, they get screened, um, you know, we go through an application process and, you know, their income is verified as section eight income through the housing authority. And, you know, it, it works out great. You like, there's, you know, because people give some landlord, you know, a good handful of landlords give, give section eight voucher holders a hard time. Like I've got my choice from the pool of, of, of voucher holders and, and, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's been nothing but good for me. And like, again, I've been able to help a lot of families who are, who are, or were insecure in, in, you know, regards to housing. Um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of happy tenants and, and, uh, and, you know, that's because I've had the ability to help them and, and, you know, we're, we're all people here just trying to get along and, and, you know, you know, that, I don't know, that, that's been something that's been, been really helpful to my growth. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Would you say that, uh, so I hear, I've heard it on, I think the bigger pockets podcast. Um, they say like when it comes to section eight, um, there are like great section eight tenants and obviously, you know, maybe not so great section eight tenants, but as well as like regular tenants, like there are great tenants and there are not so great tenants. Absolutely. I mean, so I, you know, I, I'm an electrician and I've, you know, I've, I've worked like in service, like specifically in apartment buildings in the past, like big yeah. apartment buildings where like, you know, I've been in, there's a, there's a building downtown Lowell that's got, it's like 12, 12 floors. I think it is. It's like one of the, one of the biggest apartment buildings in Lowell. And, and I've been in every single apartment in that building. Um, you know, doing like, like literally like for fire alarm work and all that stuff, like I had been in every single apartment, uh, over the years that I was, was doing uh, service work there. And like, so I've seen the condition of every apartment and it's like literally 50, 50, in my opinion. Um, mm. you know, it, it, I, I just, I don't think it's, I just don't think it make, makes a difference. Like if you're either going to get a tenant that treats their space well or they're not and like there's nothing you can do about it there's like very little you can do to tell ahead of time and uh and you just gotta roll with it and and put your foot down and and be a good manager at the end of the day is like the only protection you really have for that stuff if you are an absent you know if you're an absent landlord or, or manager like obviously that's gonna get out of hand but if you're not then like you're gonna catch it early and address it and then it becomes, you know, less of a problem in the long run. Yep. That's super important, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, wow. you know, other than that, like I, <clears throat> we, bigger pockets has been mentioned a couple of times on here, but like, I've, you know, I've listened to, you know, dozens of hours of their podcasts and, and, uh, reading through their forums and the Facebook forums that I'm on and, and, um, you know, I, there's a bunch of other podcasts. I, I've listened to tons of different podcasts and, um, you know, I, I did another podcast after I bought my first property, um, like, uh, almost, it was almost two years ago now, um, that I did that podcast and, 
And um, yeah, I don't know. I like it's the next, I guess it's the next best resource to, to networking and talking face to face is reading what those people wrote. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That book definitely sounds really interesting. I'll have to check that one out. The uh, section eight Bible. Yeah. What was the, uh, what was the first book again? Every landlord's legal guide. Um, it is like, it, it, it'll put you to sleep if you're having trouble sleeping, but there's a lot of good information <laughs> in there. Yeah. And that was the one that was like a textbook, right? Yeah. It's okay. like, a textbook. um, it is a textbook, not like a textbook. It, it, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely have to throw those two on the list. They sound, you know, like they're jam-packed with information and, you know, really great resources to, mm -hmm. um, you know, to learn from and stuff. That's that's great. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on here for us. You know, it's been a great honor, man. It's, you know, I, I absolutely love to kind of hear your story and, and have our conversation and stuff. Um, yeah. Where can you be found on social media? Uh, both you and you know Lenhoff Properties, of course. I I can be reached, uh, you know, on on Facebook at uh, you know Forrest Lenhoff. It's F O R R E S T L E N N H O F F. Um, I can also be reached um, through the email info at lenhoffproperties.com. It's uh, you know. I-N-F-O at L-E-N-N-H-O-F-F properties.com. Uh, and, you know, the website's lenhoffproperties.com. Um, all my contact information's on there. Our management pricing's on there. Um, and uh, there's a nice little about us if you want to get to know us a little bit more on the personal side. And uh, yeah, you know, I'd be happy to talk to anybody uh, who listens to this about, you know, whatever they're up to in real estate and, uh, you know, get some networking in. And if anybody needs management, uh, I'm happy to to be a service there. And um, yeah, you know, thanks for having me here, Kyle. Of course. Yeah, guys, definitely uh, go talk to Forrest. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, the pleasure is definitely mine, Forrest. It, it was you know, it was a very, very good time. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to, to keep, you know, seeing the things that you're doing and you're doing really crazy things. Um, but yeah, you know, thank you so much. All right, guys, that concludes our creating wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.